This is section three of the thirty thousand dollar bequest and other stories by Mark Twain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The thirty thousand dollar bequest, chapter three. The little newspaper which Alec had subscribed for was a Thursday sheet. It would make the trip of five hundred miles from Tilbury's village and arrive on Saturday. Tilbury's letter had started on Friday, more than a day too late for the benefactor to die and get into that week's issue, but in plenty of time to make connection for the next output. Thus the Fosters had to wait almost a complete week to find out whether anything of a satisfactory nature had happened to him or not. It was a long, long week, and the strain was a heavy one. The pair could hardly have borne it if their minds had not had the relief of wholesome diversion. We have seen that they had that. The woman was piling up fortunes right along. The man was spending them, spending all his wife would give him a chance at, at any rate. At last the Saturday came, and the weekly Sagamore arrived. Mrs. Eversley Bennett was present. She was the Presbyterian parson's wife, and was working the Fosters for a charity. Talk now died a sudden death on the Foster side. Mrs. Bennett presently discovered that her hosts were not hearing a word she was saying, so she got up, wondering and indignant, and went away. The moment she was out of the house, Alec eagerly tore the wrapper from the paper, and her eyes and Sally's swept the columns for the death notices. Disappointment. Tilbury was not anywhere mentioned. Alec was a Christian from the cradle, and duty and the force of habit required her to go through the motions. She pulled herself together, and said with a pious two-percent trade joyousness, "'Let us be humbly thankful that he has been spared, and—' "'Damn his treacherous hide! I wish—' "'Sally, for shame!' "'I don't care,' retorted the angry man. "'It's the way you feel, and if you weren't so immorally pious you'd be honest and say so.' Alec said with wounded dignity, I do not see how you can say such unkind and unjust things. There is no such thing as immoral piety. Sally felt a pang, but tried to conceal it under a shuffling attempt to save his case by changing the form of it, as if changing the form while retaining the juice could deceive the expert he was trying to placate. He said, I didn't mean so bad as that, Alec. I didn't really mean immoral piety. I only meant—meant— meant well, conventional piety, you know, uh, shop piety, the, the, why, you know what I mean, Alec, the, well, where you put up that plated article and play it for solid, you know, without intending anything improper, but just out of trade habit, ancient policy, petrified custom, loyalty to, to, hang it, I can't find the right words, but you know what I mean, Alec, and that there isn't any harm in it. I'll try again. You see, it's this way. If a person— You have said quite enough, said Alec, coldly. Let the subject be dropped. I'm willing, fervently responded Sally, wiping the sweat from his forehead and looking the thankfulness he had no words for. Then musingly he apologized to himself. I certainly held threes, I know it, but I drew and didn't fill. That's where I'm so often weak in the game. If I had stood pat, but I didn't. I never do. I don't know enough. Confessedly defeated, he was properly tame now and subdued. Alec forgave him with her eyes. 
the grand interest the supreme interest came instantly to the front again nothing could keep it in the background many minutes on a stretch the couple took up the puzzle of the absence of tilbury's death notice they discussed it every which way more or less hopefully but they had to finish where they began and concede that the only really sane explanation of the absence of the notice must be and without doubt was that tilbury was not dead there was something sad about it something even a little unfair maybe but there it was and had to be put up with they were agreed as to that to sally it seemed a strangely inscrutable dispensation more inscrutable than usual he thought one of the most unnecessary inscrutables he could call to mind in fact and said so with some feeling but if he was hoping to draw aleck he failed she reserved her opinion if she had one she had not the habit of taking injudicious risks in any market worldly or other the pair must wait for next week's paper tilbury had evidently postponed that was their thought and their decision so they put the subject away and went about their affairs again with as good heart as they could now if they had but known it they had been wronging tilbury all the time tilbury had kept faith kept it to the letter he was dead he had died to schedule he was dead more than four days now and used to it entirely dead perfectly dead as dead as any other new person in the cemetery dead in abundant time to get into that week's sagamore too and only shut out by an accident an accident which could not happen to a metropolitan journal but which happens easily to a poor little village rag like the sagamore on this occasion just as the editorial page was being locked up a gratis quart of strawberry water ice arrived from hostetter's ladies and gents ice cream parlors and the stickful of rather chilly regret over tilbury's translation got crowded out to make room for the editor's frantic gratitude on its way to the standing galley tilbury's notice got pied otherwise it would have gone into some future edition for weekly sagamores do not waste live matter and in their galleys live matter is immortal unless a pie accident intervenes but a thing that gets pied is dead and for such there is no resurrection its chance of seeing print is gone forever and ever and so let tilbury like it or not let him rave in his grave to his fill no matter no mention of his death would ever see the light in the weekly sagamore end of chapter three